Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I remember like <laughs> putting it on and putting like the the dildo in it, and I remember it just swinging it back and forth with it in there. <laughs> I don't know. It just gave me like a confidence, and I felt like um, <laughs> I felt like some guy in a gym that's looking at his like muscles and like looking in the mirror, like yeah, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Caroline, as you know, today's episode is inspired by one of my favorite listener requests Unladylike has ever received. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure you forwarded it to me with a message in all caps that said, we must discuss, followed by like a thousand <laughs> exclamation points. Sounds, uh, sounds about right. Uh, so backstory listeners, we received an email from a professional dominatrix named Mei Ling, who said she's a huge fan of the pod, which, first of all, totally flattered. Mei Ling wrote, I noticed you haven't spoken about strap-ons. I feel it's most complimentary to being unladylike with a dong strapped to your body and the confidence it brings. (laughs) I mean, I can't argue with that. I have to say I have more dildos than I have purses. (laughs) (laughs) I have some that are crazy, fantastical beast-looking dicks, like... uh, Lizard shape and whatnot. <laughs> I have some that are just a nice looking, smooth, kind of like a decorative dicks. Like you wouldn't know it's a dick until like, oh wow, that's that's what you use to put inside of people. <laughs> now, Caroline, when Mei Ling first reached out to us about strap-ons, I immediately thought of pegging. Which is when a cis woman has anal sex with a cis, usually straight man with a strap on. And that was probably some of my own cis heteroness showing. But I also blame the show Broad City because there is this iconic episode where Abby finally gets a date with her hot neighbor and discovers he's into pegging, which is all fine, well and good until, spoiler alert, 
Abby ruins his dildo in the dishwasher. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, queer folks have been accidentally ruining their dildos in the dishwasher forever. (laughs) But seriously, for queer folks, sex with strap-ons is nothing new, and it's usually referred to as strapping. So it does make you wonder why the need for a whole different term like pegging. Well, our second guest, sex educator and former sex shop employee Henri Jean Pilote, has a hunch. I really think that at its core, like pegging is just made as a way to like uh, make sure that straight cis men don't feel uncomfortable talking about anal sex. <laughs> And like, uh, like they come in sex shop and they say, I'm interested in pegging. So like when the, the, the sex shop worker hears that, they can just be like, oh, you're a straight man. You know, they know we're sure. So <laughs> <laughs> Then later, we're diving deeper into the queer and body politics of strap-ons with Demetria Blooms, whom you heard at the top of the show. She's going to share how she found self-love and sexual healing through strapping. It's all to find out what happens when unladies strap on. So before we get into Mailing's story, let's do a little strap-on 101. Now, strap-ons can involve a harness, which kind of looks like the same thing you'd wear if you were rock climbing or rappelling, except it has an O-shaped ring over the crotch where the dildo attaches. Then there are strap-ons that are basically underwear with a dildo already attached, so you just slip them on and go. So simple. There are also dildos you can attach to bands that you can wear around your thigh, your hand, really wherever, which can be especially helpful for folks with disabilities. But when Mei Ling was introduced to the wide world of strap-ons, she didn't know what she was in for. I had no idea about strap-ons at all and that they were even a thing until a play partner of mine said that this was a fantasy of his and I was like uh sure if you get it for me I'll do it you know like I'll keep an open mind and so he gets it for me he drops it off and then he leaves and so like I got acquainted with my dick (laughs) so it's like me alone in this apartment and I'm like trying on the strap on, seeing how it fits. And I basically do a dance around the house, like as if I'm dancing with this dick, right? Floating around and letting it take the lead, (laughs) as you will. And it was just so beautiful because I literally danced around for like a solid hour. It was great. (laughs) And later on, when he gets back, we have a great time. And it just, like, made me feel like I had been missing something in my life. And now I had the opportunity to experience it. And uh, within 24 hours, I had fucked four people. (laughs) And I was just like, dang, this feels really good to be a slut in this way, you know? Like, there's different ways of being a slut. But in this way, I was like, hmm. This feels much better. (laughs) What do you mean? Like, what do you mean better? It feels as if, like, achievement unlocked. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, my perspective on, like, giving and receiving and 
interaction with sex itself was now opened for me, like another door had been opened for me of possibilities of what I could do. In your work as a dominatrix, kind of how do you how do you approach strap-ons as a as a tool of your trade? It's just another toy in the bag, really. It's just another extension of your hand or your body, just as a riding crop is an extension of your hand, or just like how rope is an extension of your hand. Uh, yeah, it's like how your body part can be used for worship, right? Like ass worship or foot worship. Now they're worshiping your cock. Well, could you describe your favorite gear? You know, what it looks like, how it feels? Ooh, yeah. Um, so my favorite harness is a red leather harness. Very simple, like a little triangle in the front, and it just has the straps that go around um, the waist and the thighs really cinching up the butt, so that makes your butt look fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and then the ring itself is interchangeable, so, you know, change it out with whatever one fits uh, your size for that day or your mood, <laughs> should I say. Um, and, yeah, I think what's beautiful about it is that, like, I can change out my dicks like you change out your mood rings it's just like what am i feeling like today and honestly my favorite one is like this itty bitty tiny dick <laughs> and it's probably uh, i want to say like four inches five inches and it's super soft and probably just like as thick as two fingers but you can make someone do so many things to something so small and it's like extra humiliating or hilarious because they're just like what you're coming in with that and i'm like yeah and you're just like extra confident with it and they're like oh, mind blown <laughs> so it's not about the size it's about what you can do with it <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about what is pleasurable for you about strap-ons it's definitely the power aspect for me. It feels like I'm the one that's in control. I'm the one that has the power. And it gives me like this brain orgasm where it's like feeding into this part of me where I'm like, this world is mine. <laughs> and like I can hold on to a person and literally just like use them or curate an experience where it's like super passionate because like I have more control of like what's going on using this extra part of my body it's kind of like it makes me feel like an octopus <laughs> having multiple hands or multiple tentacles where you can wrap around somebody and use um in that manner <laughs> since you began using strap-ons. How has it made you feel or how has it influenced your feelings about your own gender and sexuality? It's made me more comfortable with my sexuality and my gender. Because I always felt like I was missing something, I thought, hmm, maybe I'm not in the correct body anatomically for me. And... 
now that I am able to have this part of me when I want to, when I'm in the mood for it, it feels good. It feels like I'm whole again. It it got rid of the self-doubt of like being comfortable in my own skin and appreciating what I have and the opportunities of which I can explore that with other people and that part of me when I want to. Yeah, it just made me love myself more. And it's not necessarily like I was so unhappy that I wanted to change. It was just like I wanted change or I wanted something different for different parts of time. And it was a perfect fit. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we meet Henri June Pilot for some genderqueer sex ed on strap-ons. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. We're back with Henri June Pilote. He's a French-Canadian queer sex educator and something of a strap-on expert. For me, what really turns me on about a strap-on is like the the feeling my my sexual partner or partners get, but also like there's something really fun about the movement, the friction on your clitoris. Like I think that's the fun part. There's also like a couple dildos that will also have texture to like stimulate the clitoris or like uh, vibrators. We were especially curious to get Henri June's perspective on the whole pegging versus strapping language thing, because fun fact, the term pegging wasn't coined until 2001 by sex columnist Dan Savage. Yeah, he polled his readers for a new word to describe, quote, when a woman fucks a man in the ass with a strap-on dildo. And pegging won. Pegging is a fetish where a straight man wants to be pegged by a woman like that's basically just it where like if two women quote-unquote have uh sex with a strap-on it's not pegging because like there's not a straight man and a straight woman like involved so yeah strap-on is like the tool but pegging is like that really specific uh sexual um practice of like having a straight woman pegging a straight man So why isn't it just called anal sex? I feel like there's such a shame around like um, straight men having fun with their prostate and like anally that like there was the need for like a new word, you know, to approach it. 
And uh, because like there's such that link between anal sex and gayness, you know, I feel that creating a new word that's really specific and like a straight man can like uh, Google it and it won't stumble upon like really intense gay shit, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Henri June has also noticed how the queer community's relationships with strap-ons can get complicated, too. I'm a trans man, so I came out as a as a lesbian first in 2014, and in the lesbian like circles, like talking about strap-ons was really interesting. It was also weird because like it, we had a conversation about oh, do you miss like a, a penis in your relationship and that kind of thing. It was like a really double-ended conversation where it was empowering, but it was also like uh, made us question our desires and things. And then when I came out as trans, like it really changed because like in the trans communities, tripons are way more uh, seen as like prosthetic or things to help you with your gender dysphoria. So the the conversation really shifted. It was just different. And uh, I'm really happy that I was able to like be in those two conversations and see how they interact with each other. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about how the meaning of a strap-on can shift along with gender identity. So the ways that it can be both gender uh, affirming and also potentially cause gender dysphoria. Basically, trans people, trans men, tend to see strapping as like uh, prosthetic. So we call them prosthetic. There is a bunch of companies that like offer ultra-realistic prosthetic for sex play. But there is also like those prosthetic for peeing and like there's all those like uh, usage for them. So I think that feels good for people like trans masculine people who have um, genitalia dysphoria. So that they don't feel good with their genitalia is being able to have a distance when you have sex. So um, using a strap on or a prosthetic or like something that like makes a distance between you and your genitalia can feel really good because like you're able to focus on your pleasure without focusing too much on your dysphoria. But also it's a thin line because like you can also fall into, oh, like I'll never be a real man, you know, and that kind of thing where like I don't have a penis. So it's a, it's a thin line because it's between being able to like shift your brain um, focusing on like your pleasure, like in other places in your body without like falling into hate for your body. And it's really different for, for each person. Like a lot of trans men like their vulvas, you know, and, uh, it's just when you have gender dysphoria with your genitalia, it can be empowering experience to like play with the distance and like, having a strap-on and penetrating partners. Okay, so you mentioned earlier that in the lesbian circles you were in, strap-ons were a little more contentious, kind of that that question of are we missing something? So how do those different kinds of approaches and conversations around strap-ons compare? I think it's really complicated in the way of like there is a lot of trans men who have been lesbian and have been in those circles and always felt awkward about those discourse. There's also really something empowering where we can criticize like uh, patriarchy and all those things. So it's, but there's also something weird about associating penises to patriarchy. So it's like a bunch of conversations 
that are super complicated <laughs> within the <laughs> the LGBT community, where like for some people, like penises are really traumatizing and like are linked to uh, sexual violence and everything. And that's uh, really complicated because like the that trauma from that person is valid, but let's not project all our trauma onto like a genitalia because at the end of the day, it's just genitalias. Like it's not because someone has a penis, either a trans woman or like a, a cis man, that this person is going to recreate that violence, you know? It's really touchy because it also excludes trans women from like the, the discourse. There's still that... Um, gold star lesbian approach like oh i never touched a penis so i'm like an actual lesbian and all those things you know and um for me those conversations are transphobic and are like backwards but also i can recognize that they come from a place of hurt you know and they come from a place of anger and like fear in some ways and for me like being surrounded by bisexuals has been like a good thing because there's an understanding that genitalias are, are for fun and and they're all gorgeous because all genitalias are different. And uh, we could have a whole podcast just about that. And it's uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> complicated. Yeah. yeah. For people who might be feeling shy about trying a strap on, do you have any advice? I feel like there's something really awkward about strap-ons. When you first try it, it's never smooth. What I usually say to people is like, wear it alone first, you know, or even like masturbate with it and see like how it feels because there's nothing that kills the mood, like putting on a strap-on and not knowing how it works. And like, you feel really awkward and you feel shy and everything. So what I say is usually like, try it on alone, like see how it feels, like see... How do you put it? Like feel comfortable with your new tool instead of seeing it as something like that scary thing, you know? I feel like if we go uh, into the strap-on play with a playful mind, like it can get really fun. But when we go through it with a perfectionist mind, like it, it never works. And by that, I mean like it's going to be awkward. It's going to be funny. It's going to be like maybe messy, you know, but... It's like we put all the pressure on ourselves. Like it needs to be the perfect thing. It needs to be like, like, you know, like just when you approach sex as a whole, it's way better when you are playful with it than when you are like trying to be perfect. Yeah, I feel like um, nothing saps a mood like like really just goal oriented. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> super performative sex. <laughs> exactly. And sadly, like that's what happens usually when you try a new thing sexually that's why i think we need to have like open conversations with our sexual partners to be like it doesn't matter if it fails like it's all good we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we meet demetria blooms who found sexual healing through strapping stick around I think the fun thing about being someone that uses 
a strap-in dildo is the, like, it just really, like, opens you up to so many different possibilities. <laughs> it's a buffet of things out there <laughs> that you can do. <laughs> a buffet. I just, and I love, you know, you can pick one that, that fits the mood. Yeah. It fits the weather. Match the outfit, colorful, yeah. the nails. Like, it's so much fun that you can do. <laughs> We're back with Demetria Blooms. After reading her essay on Autostraddle called Strapping as a Fat Femme Was My Black Queer Sexual Liberation, we knew we had to get in touch. I remember growing up, people would tell me all the time I had a pretty face, emphasis on the face, um, and never, like, the body. Or people just constantly making comments about my body. If there was, like, a, a movie and there was a main character, I definitely would be, like, the supporting character, but, like, the comedy release. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. literally the fat comedy release. Well, was there a particular point where you kind of became cognizant of that connection between those messages you internalized as a kid about your body and your sexuality as an adult? So I always say that Tumblr changed my life um, because (laughs) it was on a Tumblr that I started seeing, like, people that look like me appear as sexy or dress sexy or share about their sexual life. And on Tumblr, they were talking about how, you know, so I was socialized not to feel this way, but I reject that. And so um, I said I was on Tumblr when I was like 18, 19, because um, I didn't have nothing to do out of high school. <laughs> and so just like spending hours on that and being like, hey, yeah, you know, I feel the same way. Um, I I deserve and seeing that representation of people that look like me um, really helped me to kind of start shedding that belief that I didn't deserve all the things. Well, what did porn teach you about fatness and sex and your own sexuality? When I was in my early 20s, the porn that I was watching was um, was not of fat bodies. And then when I did stumble out over someone that had a fat body, it always like was a fetish type of thing. And it always was about the other person's experience of that body versus like the person in that body having also a good experience. Um, And so with watching porn, I was like trying to mimic when I had sex with partners, like I'm supposed to make them feel good, (laughs) Um, be whatever they want me to be. It it wasn't centered around like my pleasure or like, I was like, if it doesn't feel good, I have to take it. Uh, if I'm not like if I'm not getting them hard, then that's on me, and I should try harder. So, uh, porn taught me to play a role that really did not support this this um, positive sex positive space that I later grew into. So, let's get into strapping then. So, when when did you first hear about it, and what were your first impressions? So I I truly believe the first time I heard about strapping had to be watching the L word. And then like, of course, going back to porn and then even like even lesbian porn. It, again, if you don't know how to search <laughs> the right keywords, um, then it's just it's very for the male gaze. And so um, when I first learned about strapping, it, it, again, it was like, oh, this would be hot for my man if I did this with a woman <laughs> versus, mm-hmm. like, something that was, like, liberating, like, oh, no, we can do this without a man. No, it's like, oh, I should put on this show. 
The first time Demetria experienced strapping, she was on the receiving end, and she was ready to play her part. And so I was like, yeah, I have to, it's going to be easy. I'm going to be making all these noise. So in my, so I feel like it was like a audition and I was like rehearsing like the noises <laughs> that I was going to make <laughs> because it had to be like these beautiful um, sex scenes off of porn with the, you know, just everything. There's like music playing and everything. So I was like, this is what it's going to be like. And then when we got to it, I was excited, but then like, um, you know, lube is very important. Um, it's just, she just put a drop in it, and I was just like, this is not going to fit me, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> so that already, like, kind of took me out of this, like, I feel like, I won't say of course, because I don't want to assume everybody, but everyone thinks that their first time, any first time is supposed to be this magical experience. And it, like, just took me out of the romanticizing what this was supposed to be, because I was like, what well, is not fitting? And so she got another one, and I, I guess she thought it went in, and so I went along and just pretend. But afterwards, I want to say silly me, but afterwards I was like, yeah, yeah, I did it. I still was happy about it because, sure. <laughs> because I had, like, I, I played the role. You know, I, I won the part. When Demetria decided she wanted to wear the strap on, she was nervous but ready to take the reins. I was really excited to be able to, like, have more of a hand in that pleasure, like, physically. Like, you know, being in control of how the speed, the width, like, the person, I, I want to say that um, I did not tell them that that was my first time uh, because I didn't want it to be a thing. And I wanted to pretend like I was a master. So it was fulfilling in that way that I like was able to put in this role and and deliver pleasure to this person. Um, I want to say without them knowing it was my first time doing so. I don't know if I get a pass for that or like a a, a star for it, but to me, I was like, yay! <laughs> for a while, Demetria just borrowed sex partner straps. Eventually, though, she wanted gear of her own, so Demetria headed to the sex shop. And the person who helped me was like, hey, um, you know, this is, which is amazing. I, I was calling it like the sisterhood of the traveling strap or traveling harness because she was like, yes, this can fit multiple bodies. And I was like, I, I literally, my eyes got big and I was like, whoa, like, I was like, <laughs> so amazed all because of Velcro. So whoever made Velcro, thank you so much for your service. <laughs> Shout out to Velcro. <laughs> So what what did you love about that harness? So what's amazing about this harness is that it's size adjustable, which is amazing. Um, but also, like, it's soft, and you can just wash it after you're done and put it in the dryer, and it's ready to go. Um, so it's, I, I want to say it's clean. <laughs> uh, it's soft. It has space where you can put, like, a, a very small bullet in it so it makes the, the dildo vibrate. And so it's just amazing in that way. And I've had the first one I brought for seven years, but my dog is disgusting and he chewed it up after. (laughs) (laughs) He chewed it up because it was in the, my dog likes dirty clothes. I'll just leave it at that. This is a very basic question, but I, I am so curious. What do you like about strapping? What is the best part? How does it make you feel? Um, so I, I talk about like strapping as like 
something spiritual. And I was like, the word spiritual, people probably think like, well, I'm strapping, I can hear angels. And <laughs> by, by spiritual, I, like, I mean, like, it is, it pushes me somewhere else on my journey of selfhood that um, might not have occurred if I did not have this experience. And so for me, when I'm uh, strapping, because Again, my socialization of feeling like I was invisible and a supporting character. When I strap, I feel like I'm important <laughs> without it being like aggressive or like, oh, I'm important. But like, I just feel empowered because it it, it allows me to get up out of a role. Of course, I'm still serving someone, but just like um, this is <laughs> this thing called like pillow princessing. I don't know if y'all are familiar with that term, but basically a pillow princess is someone that just sits there and let someone do anything that they want to them. And I was so used to being a version of a pillow princess. Um, and then now that I'm strapping, it's like, no, like it's not what anyone else wants to do. It's like what my pleasure is and someone else's pleasure and we collab. And it, for me, it just makes me feel important. Well, tell us a little bit more about how strapping has been healing for you. So for me, it's been healing because it's allowed me to see myself in a a way, experiencing pleasure in a way that I did not think was an option for myself. Um, and I won't say like every every day I'm not showing up um, being like a boss in sex. Um, <laughs> every day is not a day where I'm advocating for myself, but I do at least challenge myself every year. <laughs> um, and so that's how it's been helping me because um, strapping is making me feel more like, okay, you know, you could show up and and deliver pleasure in this way without it being attached to, like, someone thinking that's attached to my self-worth. Like, it has it helped me realize I can show up and, and be this person for myself because I like this without it being like, but does so-and-so like this? <laughs> I like it, so I should be able to do that. Yeah, it sounds like it's what I've what I've been hearing is a lot of embodying like roles that maybe didn't even seem possible, like just being able to kind of break out of that very narrow box that our sexuality is often kind of forced into. Yeah, absolutely. Well, do you have any advice for first timers? (laughs) <laughs> if you already have someone in mind, I would say ask them what would feel good to them. Um, ask them what they like <laughs> so that you're not going into it just like, I'm going to do this. <laughs> I'm going to do that. And they're going to like this because they might be like me a lot the whole time. And <laughs> 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 like check in and be like, is it in? <laughs> Can you feel it? (laughs) Just check in. That is the advice. Check in. (laughs) Which is great sex advice across the board. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To learn more about our trio of fabulous guests, you can find them where else but online. Mailing is over at MissMailing.com. Henri June Pilote is on Instagram at June.Pilote. And Demetria Blooms is on Insta at Demetria Blooms or over on her website at DemetriaBlooms.com. Y'all can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Unladylike Media. You can also drop us a line at hello at unladylike.co. 
And there's more. You can support Kristen and me directly by joining our Patreon. Over there, you'll get instant access to nearly 100 existing fantastic bonus episodes and a new bonus episode every week, including our recent Get to Know You conversation on SCOTUS nominee Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson. You can find it all over at patreon.com slash unladylikemedia. Nora Ritchie is the senior producer of Unladylike. Michelle O'Brien is our associate producer. Gianna Palmer is our story editor. Shruti Marate transcribes our tape. Our music is by Flamingo Shadow, Amit May Cohen, and Sarah Tudson. Mixing is by Jared O'Connell. Sound design and additional music is by Casey Holford and Andy Christens. Executive producers are Peter Clowney, Daisy Rosario, and Unladylike Media. And this podcast was created by your hosts, Kristen Conger and Caroline Irvin of Unladylike Media. Next week... It's pep talks time, y'all. Over the next two weeks, we've got six pep talks coming your way, featuring some of our favorite unladies. We're talking Elaine Welteroth, Jessamine Stanley, Dory Shafrir, and more. They'll be giving pep talks about feeling good in your body, IVF, dealing with loneliness, dick pics, and more. Y'all do not want to miss these pep talks. And I'm not just saying that because Kristen Conger is delivering one herself. Who, me? So make sure you're subscribed to Unladylike. Find us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. And remember, got a problem? Get Unladylike. You can literally just sit back and enjoy, like, watching somebody give you a blowjob and looking up at you and you're like, oh, so pretty. (laughs) (laughs) One of the cutest things is to like boop someone on the nose with your dick. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like, oh, look at you. So cute. Boop. (laughs) Stitcher.